Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Steve's here. It's 2022. Hi, Steve. Happy fucking New Year. <laughs> we'll happy, get out of the way for you, Ajmal. <laughs> happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's here. 2022 is here. We, we got through 2021. I don't know how we got through 2020, Just. and I... I don't even know how we got through 2021. Um, I said you, I told you yeah, that. Yeah, we just scraped through. Yeah, I know, mate, we did. And I told you that story, I think I said it to you the other day, or Marco, um, hmm. when I was in Bahrain in March, I was saying to Tasha, you know, I just want to be back in our home here in Sydney on hmm. New Year's Eve and just say, we made it, we made it through the year, we're back. We got back to Australia and that happened. So there you go. If you, if you wish for something, sometimes it does actually come true. Yeah. It's good to be home. Like if you sort of re acclimatized to what it actually is your kind of permanent home? Yeah, so it's it's a bit weird, right? Because having mm. multiple I'm <laughs> sounding like a millionaire here, having multiple homes around the oh. world. Um it's a are. bit yeah. it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird because we come back we came back to Sydney and as you know, like oh. everything is all over the place, you know what I mean? Like there's it feels like, you know, and our place is only small as you know, but it's like there's still so much to do. I'd hate to think what it would be like if you had like a three story or four story house or mansion or something. <laughs> because honestly, yeah, just for our small place, it. mate, there's so much to do. And I know everyone The cleaning. The cleaning, I can't imagine the cleaning, like, you know, two bedroom unit. His cleaning is bearable, but, you know, I'm the one that cleans the house. Um, yeah, so, you know, um, I'd hate to think what it's like to have a have a mansion, mate, because honestly there's so much stuff to do. Um, and as you know, we've been moving stuff to storage. We've got a storage unit, so I'm trying to clear up some space. And yesterday I... Uh, it's a lot of work, especially when we don't have the vehicle to move it ourselves. <laughs> so we have to, you know, because I can't use the 911, yep. of course, the 911 is not a daily driver, Ajmal, no matter what you say. Um, it, get I have to tracks. use, yeah, well, I'll get onto that because I spoke to someone who's got the roof box. So um, <laughs> even with the roof box, I couldn't do it because yesterday I actually moved out the wheels, the tech yep. art wheels that I'm selling. Anyone in Australia that wants to buy a good pair of tech art wheels, contact me. Um, yep. So I moved the tech out wheels across. I was hesitant to take them across there because I've got them up for sale. And if anyone wants to buy them, then it's, I find it a hassle. But yeah, then it's probably, it again. it's probably better because that means people aren't coming to where I live. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So sure. I think Natasha was keener with that to have them over there. But, the, you know, yep. the storage is not huge, but it's big enough. So we're just taking stuff over. You know, we yep. have a bit of a furniture habit. So there's like furniture that we haven't used and lights and stuff. So they're all gone over there. I realize. There. Yes. Uh, so we have bits of designer furniture stashed all over the place. So that's all gone. Things like that have gone over. But yesterday I tackled, um, yesterday we ta I tackled the um, storage cage, um, mm. storage unit downstairs. Oh, that was just a nightmare. That was just like a filthy nightmare. It's something I just yeah, don't I want to do. Yeah, storage cages. Um, so because we're in an apartment, I have the same plight as you and I hate getting in and out of that stupid little thing that's such an odd... At least yours is a reasonable kind of shape. Mine's sort of really shallow and it's just dirty and I don't know. People can see into it, all that sort of stuff. It's just a horrible kind of thing. <laughs> First world problems is gripe. <laughs> well, ours is really large. Yeah, yours is probably a bit smaller, right? You know, ours ours is pretty yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. But it was We've broken into. Two. It was broken into when we were away. I told you that, yep. right? Someone cut the yep. wire and broke into. There's nothing in there to steal. There's nothing of value in there. So good luck. It's boxes. And yeah. the thing is, yeah, just you know, but you couldn't even get in there. Like, you know, Natasha wants to clean. We want to clean it out. 
But to clean it out, yeah. you have to get rid of stuff. So I threw away some stuff yesterday. And then I threw yeah. away, you know, I was keeping boxes, like the boxes to our TV. Like, why am I keeping the box to our TV? You know, the yeah. size of that B&O box. Yeah. It's enormous. Yeah. So I yeah. tossed that, um, you know, threw out some old things and stuff, but still got a lot to get through. And it's been, you know, there's been a bit of water down yeah. there. So everyone's going, why, yeah. aren't we, why aren't we talking Porsche? This is this is life at the moment. So this is this is what's taking up. I guess this, this is, is what's been. Yeah, this is 2022. <laughs> and this is what's been taking up my time. You know what I mean? Good, so. Yeah, it's like I can't just go for a drive every day, even though I'd like to. Um, and at least now in Sydney, as we know, Steve, the, the sun is shining in Sydney. Um, it hasn't been, but it's... Hmm? Don't jinx us, not for long. Not for long, not for long. Um, anyway, welcome back, everyone. Uh, like I said, welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast in 2022. Uh, we started this podcast way back in 2019. For those of you who haven't been here before, welcome. Otherwise, welcome back. 2019, Steve. So this is, I guess this is year four, but it's not really four years though, but it is, it did start in 2019. Hmm. Steve's been, Steve's been stuck here since 2020. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> I don't know what, what, I don't know what the original, what was the original speed I gave you to come on the podcast? I can't even remember what I said to you. You just have to do a couple or something, was it? Or what yeah, was it? I can't you, remember. You, you said something along the lines of, hey, you're doing your YouTube channel, then you started the podcast, you're kind of doing, you know, 25 minute, half hour sort of things by yourself. And you sort of said to me, it's really hard. Do you reckon you could do it with me because it'd be much easier to talk to somebody? It's like, mm. as everyone knows, I'm the world's, I reckon I am the world's biggest introvert. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you, mate. Um, and like God's honest truth too is like, I definitely enjoy, particularly in lockdown, sort of chatting to you. Like, you know, you're a good mate and I sort of used to see you quite regularly. In lockdown, I wouldn't have been able to sort of see you, so that meant it was sort of like a weekly kind of, hey, we get to kind of catch up. So that's been yeah. awesome. But the the notion of uh, my me being broadcast to potentially <laughs> anybody is not my favourite thing in the world. But it- it was good though in Bahrain when I was in Bahrain in 2020 when mm. you first come on. It was actually really. Mm. I mean, it's still good now, but I'm just saying. I think about that. T- I think about no. I think about that think time about because that. it was we were locked in the flat. Right, we couldn't go to the office. Yep. We were kind of doing work, but not really because everything kind of stopped because everything was postponed by a year. Yeah, with Expo and stuff. Yep. Um And it was it was good. It was good because it you know. And it gives you something to think about, you know what I mean? Because you do, you know, these episodes, even though this one is a bit like we've just whacked this one together, because just so the listeners know, Steve, we weren't going to do an episode for this Friday, uh, for Friday. Mm. We're recording I this wasn't on a, sure. Yeah, we're recording this on a Monday. We're recording this on Monday, the 3rd of January, but it's Friday's episode. But we weren't going to do one. We're going to do one. We're going to start next week. And I just, out of the blue, I think yesterday, wasn't it, Steve? I said to you, do you want to do a yep. podcast this week? Because I yep. thought it is New Year. We've got a couple of things to talk about. People have been asking me how was the drive, you know, all those sort of things. And then, you know, after being yep. on that drive, I've got this other idea in my head now, which is like probably really bad. So I want to talk about oh. that. So I thought we could just come oh, yeah. on and talk about it. And also I've got all these people who have been on owner stories, Steve, that I haven't, um, you know, spoken about because they've been on since we've been on a break. Um, you know, yep. Tony and, and Amir. And then this week, um, when this goes out, people would have listened to it already with uh, Lorenzo. Yeah. Um, so I think I should just, you want to take a breather for a sec, ask me any questions. I mean, you listen to these episodes, I'm sure, but we'll just talk about the owner stories and just talk about who's been on. Um, yeah, here you go. Uh, 
So I think when we broke up, the first one was Tony, wasn't it? Yeah, Tony. Let me just check my notes. Yeah, Tony. So Tony was number 62 of Bonus Stories. Tony came from New Jersey. Um, in that period, Stephen, I told you, I recorded about, I've actually mm. recorded like five Bonus Stories in one week, I think it was. And then I was a guest on... Which um, you regret doing. <laughs> I don't regret doing, but it was, it was probably too much in one too week. Too much work. Yeah, yeah, it was probably too much in one week because I, was, I didn't have an episode for number 61 and then David um, helped me out and did it last minute, which is great. David yep. from Sydney, Australia with the touring. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about tourings actually in this episode too. Um, so David helped me out with that one. And then I did after that, I did another four podcasts. And then I did a guest on a podcast at 10 p.m. at night on Mark and Carr's podcast. Mark asked me to be on that with um, him and Ajmal. So I said yes because I've been <laughs> – I really messed Mark around over the last year because he's been asking me and asking me and I've been sort of denying, saying no, no, or not just answering him. So I thought that was um, – I thought that was the right thing to do. Go on Mark's podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so we did that with Ajmal. Yep. Um, where are we? Tony. Yeah, so Tony was the first one, Steve. Tony from New Jersey. Um, Tony is a friend of Rich from Careeralicious, and Tony organizes uh, Cars and Cafe in his region in the New Jersey area. Yep. Um, great guy. He's driven a lot of cars. Did you listen to it? He's driven the roofs. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. driven the career. He's been in Carrera GT, Spider. I mean, you know, I like how Tony wants to get how he's the Carrera GT is the car he's going to get. He's going to get one one day. Um, I guess he's experienced it. I'm, just, I'm guessing he's probably not really driven it in anger, but no. Um, even just um, just being how nerve wracking would that be to kind of um, oh. even just sort of move it around slowly? <laughs> well. You know how nervous I was to drive your car. It took me like three years before I drive yours. So, yeah, it's on video. I mean, if you had a Carrera GT, it'd be like I'd be still thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And the insurance of it, like just, I'd be so scared driving a car like that if someone else's car, like a Carrera GT or a Nominate Spider, even even David's 911 Touring. You know, like I'd yeah. just be so scared driving it because it's just like it's someone else's car and, you know, anything can happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, and look, I guess, let's face it, nothing is likely to happen. Um, you're a kind of careful driver. It's not like you're a, you know, 19-year-old kind of hoon or whatever, but I guess chances are something could happen. Yeah, true. Um, Tony. Yeah, so Tony had the um, he had the 993 Arena Red uh, Carrera, Steve, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he traded that out, and he did something I want to talk about towards the end of the episode, actually. Um, mm-hmm. He traded it out because he he didn't mod it, he didn't change it, he kept it pretty much stock, and then when he sold it, he made some money on it, and then he went from air from air to water, which I always find very mm-hmm. interesting when people go from air to water. You know what I mean? Because there seems to be not a trend, mm-hmm. but there seems to be more people who have got an air cooler. Maybe because it's the value of their air cooler. Maybe they bought it at the right time and then selling it and buying a nine nine seven or a. 991, more so a 997 or a 996. Mm. Um, I guess that's to do with values more than anything else, or is the 997 and 996 becoming as desirable as an air-cooled, which we've spoken about before, but I think it's it's something that I, I still want to talk about because I think it, it's definitely a trend that's that's under there, you know what I mean, that's under the surface. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yep. What do you think? Just wondering. Oh, I don't know. I guess, like, like the thing is... Yes, air-cooled cars are becoming more valuable, but then so are most water cools as well, really. So is it value or is it 
just more for the fact that the air-cooled cars are really much getting kind of older, so it is becoming even more of an occasion car. And, you know, if you've kind of got the money and you can sort of add something to the collection, then um, arguably a water-cooled is a little bit more drivable. Yeah, and someone said that to me. Um, and I'm going to quote, I'm, I think it's Miff. Miff, hello, I know you listen to the podcast all the time. Miff in Sydney, who was very kind yeah. enough to give me a lift from Order House Hamilton that day when I took my car in when I first got back. And yep. Miff used to have the orange 911. The orange one? Yeah. Yeah, the one that, um, you know the one? Yeah, I do. And he was saying he to me, you know, it all the time. Yep. yeah, and it's a really cool car. And he said that, but having an air, air-cooled in summer, driving an air-cooled car in summer in Sydney traffic is not something you want to do. You know what I mean? I, I'm pretty sure I that agree. was you, Miff. I hope that was not someone else that told me that because it could be one other person, but I'm pretty sure it was Miff. No, no, I and agree. It, I had my 993. Even my, Sorry, I had both my 964 and 993, and my 993 had issues. Like I think the condensers needed to be replaced, so I kind of went without air conditioning or very weak air conditioning yeah. for a few months in the summer, and it was shocking. Yeah, and I think summer in Sydney I think is a very weird place. Um, two days ago it was very hot. And hot, usually in the morning, right usually in the morning, I get up, I get my coffee, and I'll sit out on the deck in the sun, and I'll just sit there and drink my coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And then Natasha came out, you know, she came out, sat there, and I don't mm-hmm. think we're out there for that long. I got sunburn. Now I can mm-hmm. sit outside in Middle East in Bahrain, mm-hmm. around the pool for an hour, and I don't get sunburn. So how do I get sunburn in Sydney in such a short period of time? You know what I mean? Like it's you've got to be really careful here, and I think that's what a lot of tourists always make the mistake. That's why you always see so many red faces and red necks in summer here. But um, the heat is just diff- definitely different here, and it's different when you drive a car. It gets very hot in the car. The other day when mm-hmm. we were driving, Steve, and we'll get onto that. The sun yep. coming through my windscreen, hitting my face, it was hot. You know when you're mean? looking into the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets That's hot. That's why, you know, going back to that tint conversation that you were sort of pondering, it's like, oh, I don't think I could live without it. It's just, um, it's too hot and it's too glary. Um, so. No, I agree. I think you definitely have to have tint. And my, see, I've started to look, when you said yours was a bit cloudy, you said to me the other, when we last spoke, you mm-hmm. said your tint might have been yeah. cloudy. Didn't you say that? No, it's. It's just marked on the inside. It, oh, it was marked, from the beginning. It? It's got scratches and stuff, yeah. Well, the sun was hitting the back of my car the other day, the tint on the back window. Yeah. And I thought, is that cloudy or is that just the tint? It doesn't look that clear when I look through it. You know what I mean? So I keep look. Yeah. I, I think it's just because I'm noticing the tint at the moment because in my head I'm thinking, you know, should You're I change it? it. Yeah. yeah, should I change to the carbon or ceramic um, and, and, fix, and just revitalize the tint basically and maybe do it just one little bit little bit lighter not a lot lighter well, but a little bit lighter slight tangent but at least you can clean your inside back window um <laughs> yes how do you do i can't that? get to it oh man i bought one of those stupid little plastic you know sort of ebay things with a little microfiber tile on the end of a plastic rod um but i know that i'm just going to smear it so it's just like i oh, just leave it alone i wonder when people who have children who are about four or five and the, and the kid and your little kid can like slip through there and they can clean it for you oh yeah i could do that <laughs> I could employ one of my children well you could actually be like you want a little job to do you know what i mean it'll only yeah. last a couple of years and then you won't be able to do it anymore but that's the yeah. problem just, just breathe in the ammonia yeah. um yeah, oh, that's right. No, you use, don't use ammonia. You use like just water-based 
Window cleaner. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, all right. So Tony was the first one. Uh, like I said, Tony had the 993 Arena Red. Then he went into the 05 997 Carrera 2S. Um, both interesting colors, Steve. Both almost similar colors because he had the Arena Red. Um, and then he went into the Carmona Red in the 997 Carrera 2S. Oh. Um, and he does cars and cafe in the uh, in the New Jersey area, so it's a really uh, turned into a really big event that he's been organising for quite some time now. Mm, sounds good. Then I spoke to Amir. Uh, Amir was um, last pilot. week. Pilot. Amir's the pilot. Amir contacted me quite a while back. Um, Amir is. Oh, I'll just say Tony's Instagram actually, just so if people who haven't listened to it, is Cars and Cafe. Cars and Cafe. Um, and then Amir is from Brunei. Um, Natasha's been to Brunei actually I actually did mention that to him But we didn't talk about it uh, no. He's an airline captain He's flying Boeing 787s He's got a very cool job He's got a really cool story as well About the, the pilot that turned up at his careers day And then he eventually made friends with And he eventually became a pilot And he's driving a Porsche So it's kind of like, you know Pretty cool story Really nice guy um, He's also got We didn't talk about it, Steve I don't think He's also got a Mini yeah. Cooper S In British Racing Green The anniversary one 60th anniversary one i think it is he's mm. got one of those that's the manual car so he's got a manual in that because he's, he was able to oh, get okay. a manual yeah right if you've listened to the story you realize that in brunei brunei is a very small place um it's not easy to find a manual 911 so you know the ones he's had have been oh, PDK tip, or tip tip pdk or tip his current one is a he had a 987.1 cayman s that was his first porsche he only started in about 2013. He's pretty sensible, even though he's earning you know good money as a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, then he went into a red 991-911 Carrera 2. Uh, and then he's in his, uh, was it 09-911-997.2 Carrera 2 um, PDK. That one was interesting because I couldn't work out what was going on with the color. I kept looking at his color on the Instagram and, and stuff like that, and I couldn't work out what was going on until I spoke to him. And you would have mm-hmm. heard the story. It was black. And the mm. previous owner had actually changed it to um, like sport classic color, like crayon chalk. Was it sport? I heard that. I thought sport classic was, is it dove gray? It's not chalk or crayon, is it? I don't think it is. It looks like it, but it's not crayon or chalk yet. It's similar, isn't it? But it's a slightly different color, isn't it? What do they call it? I, I think it might be dove. I'm just going to look it up. But I'll just keep talking while you're looking for it, Steve. Amir yeah, had a really, yeah. So Amir, Amir's in Brunei. Um, if you want to go and follow Amir, is at at nine alpha nine alpha as in German nine alpha n e u n e l f e r nine alpha underscore actually at nine alpha underscore. So go and have a look at Amir's car. Listen to his story if you haven't already. Who else? And this week, this week, uh, which is what we normally do in this episode, Steve is uh, Lorenzo. Um, I'm reading this before I've edited the podcast. I haven't actually edited it yet, so I'm going by memory. Um, Lorenzo reached out to me because Lorenzo listens to the podcast. He's also a patron, Patreon member. He's also a member of Porsche Cooled um, exclusive, mm-hmm. so he, he supports the podcast in that way and also listens to every episode. And he's been on the search. I think he was on the search for about a year, Steve. Not yep. full on, but, uh, you know, like we all do, just looking on and off. And then he found... Um, he found the 997 that he wanted. I know you haven't listened to this, so I'll tell you the story because it's quite an interesting one. And I'll, I'll give you Lorenzo's um, website. You should have a look at it because he's in similar yep. sort of field that you are in. Okay. Similar field that you did, um, even though he's, he's, uh, Lorenzo is a uh, writer and film director, but he does a lot of, okay. he's done some car, yep. car accounts, um, yep. similar to what you did. 
Um, so he's got an 07 black Carrera, uh, turbo wheels, swap them out. I forget the name of the wheels, Lorenzo, but they're really cool wheels. I mean, they're on your Instagram. Have a look at Lorenzo's Instagram is at Porsche life underscore New York city. Lorenzo drives his 911. Uh, I think when he first sent me the message, he said, you know, if you ever want to have a story talking about an adventure Porsche, he'd love to be on it. Uh, he really does drive his car. He drives it in different weather. He lives in New York. He lives in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. I think he said he has, they have two cars now, which is a bit crazy because, you know, having one car in New York's enough, but having two cars, I think they have a Volvo as well, XC60 or something. Um, yep. But it's a good story. He's got a roof box. Uh, Lorenzo was, was the guy that reached out to me, Steve, and asked me and was telling me that he was going to get the engine mounts. I think I've seen him on Instagram then. Yeah, yeah he okay. was going to get the engine mounts, the yeah. RSS. I think he went with the other ones, so the function first. Yep. I think he said function first. I'm going by memory here, Lorenzo. I apologize if I'm wrong. But basically, he his friend has a 911. His first experience really was in his friend's 911 when his, his friend tracked it. I don't want to give too much mm-hmm. away. When his friend tracked it, he went out in it. That was a 997. He was on set in um, <coughs> he was on set in uh, shooting a car car commercial, I think, in Tampa, Florida. And mm-hmm. then he found a car. The dealer brought it to the to the um, location, and then yep. he eventually bought that car. Cool. The good part of the story is though he likes to drive, you know what I mean? Mm. And him and his partner, they flew to Tampa, they picked up the car and they took four days to drive it back to New York. Um, his partner, she also drives sticks, so she enjoyed the car. So it was one cool. of those experiences, I think, which is a really, really good story. And he's still driving the car. Like you look at his Instagram, definitely go and have a look at his Instagram at Porsche Life underscore New York City. Uh, Lorenzo's yep. got a good story. And like I said, he really enjoys his 911, and he's got that roof box that I want on the Porsche rack, Steve, that you don't like. <laughs> I, it's not that I don't like it. I just can't see you doing it. Um, going back to Sport Classic Grey, it's actually called Sport Classic Grey. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Sorry. Keep That's going. the question. Is there going to be another Sport Classic? Yeah, they keep talking about it. And uh, what is it, an ST? Spike and whatever. I reckon they got the insight on that. Really, I haven't Spike listened to. I haven't listened to the last. I haven't listened to Spike in about three since I've been back. It's about oh. four or five to four or five episodes ago before they got AP and Frank Wallace are on. They were talking about it, and they got wind of two special edition things kind of coming up that are not the um, you know the hypercar, the GT one thing that they kind of were speculating about. Um, so, mm. and then I think Johnny Lieberman chimed in and said, yeah, yeah, like, you know, he's heard the same thing. So there's an <sighs> ST or a, and a sport classic kind of coming. And is it, what is it? 50 years of 911? You sure? I think maybe that might be also why they're sort of speculating that it might come in as well. I know. I just want to get, I know you don't, you're not a big fan of Johnny on that show, right? You liked it before when it was just Suckerman and Spike. What I like about Johnny Lieben mm. being on that show is he brings yep. some more real life to the podcast. And mm. I think I it was know. getting – well, I think he's Because he's not quite so – He's not really that super wealthy. You know, he's a really, you know, well-known journalist. He does a lot of – you know, he's in there with all – you know, he has all the information that he gets from the car companies and he has contacts and, he, you know, he still yeah. goes all around the world. You hear him, he's in London, he's wherever. But yep. I think he's a bit – not saying that, I, you know, I don't have a problem with Spike and I don't have a problem with Zuckerman. I think, you know, in some ways um, Zuckerman's more real, the way he's I more relaxed. I think he's the most grounded of everybody. Yeah, I think he's more relaxed. I think Zuckerman's very yeah. relaxed and I like that. And also he, he you know, I've commented on things that he's done and and he does actually yeah. respond to people. He does actually respond to you. 
And I think Lieberman's quite a good mix in that podcast because I think it just brings it, it just brings a different element in. And I know you said you weren't really keen on him. And at first I was a bit unsure, but now I've listened to more and more. I think he's actually, I think it's not bad with the three of them. I've gone the other way. I used to watch all the Motor Trend videos when he and Jason Camisa were a team on that. And they were kind of quite a good pairing. They they were sort of a little bit sort of entertainment comedic style, like a little bit more like um, Clarkson, et cetera, on Top Gear. And then Camisa left and... I just don't think Johnny Lieberman is as interesting by himself. And right. I don't know. There's just something about he oh, – this is just me talking out loud. Yeah, I, no, it's fine. I don't think he – as a car journal, like I, I don't know why. I just don't sort of take what he says as um, legitimately or, you know, whatever as, as like a Camisa or a Chris Harris or a Jethro Bovingdon or – Henry Catchpole or whatever, like he, mm. there's but something about, about him that doesn't mm. seem as um, as uh, whatever, like knowledgeable. And he kind of, the way he talks like makes me feel like he's trying to be more like that, but I don't know. Mm. And look, you know, Motor Train's a massive publication, so he obviously knows his shit, but there's just something about him that doesn't quite sort of sync with me. There is a big difference though, isn't there, between English car journalists and U.S. or European car journalists. I used to think that, but then... I think there is. I think there's a big yeah. difference. You look at the way Chris Harris is, and like you said, Jeffrey Boldington, you know, yeah. um, Catchpole. Yeah. It, it, it's a different way of... I don't know how to explain it. There's a different way of how they do it. I don't, I don't mind Johnny Lieberman. I, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan in the beginning, but I actually don't mind him. I don't mind him. I think he's actually okay. Yeah, I'm not saying I hate him or anything, but I just reckon... I would trust his opinion more than, say, Matt Farah, even though I do listen to Smoking Tire and I have no problem with Matt Farah. I, I trust what Johnny Liebman says about a car more so than Matt Farah. Sure. Yep. In my opinion, in my opinion. I just preferred, I'd, you know, going back to the original thing, I preferred um, Spike without um, Johnny Liebman in there. Like as a guest every now and then, cool, but not every, not every week. He's sort of... I, it sort of feels like he kind of tries to skew the conversation to him being sort of like the wise kind of car experty type thing, and that's sort of what I liked about Spike's thing, mm. which is it's about cars, but like he never claims to be sort of like a journo, so I kind of like that. That's what makes it different. But I guess maybe that's what he thought it was missing. You know what I mean? Spike yeah, thought maybe. it was missing. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how I podcasts. Just like, I don't know how podcasts work. I don't still don't understand them. Yeah, I, I I just really liked the fact that Zuckerman obviously has like a shit ton load of cars because he's obviously very successful in his own right and he talks about it just from his perspective without sort of necessarily kind of forcing like an expert kind of opinion on you and I, that's the bit that I liked. But it obviously comes from an experience because he actually owns, you know, like every, you know, he's obviously owned every 911, every notable 911 He's owned every notable yes. kind of M car and all that sort of stuff. So um, I quite like that. I'll say it in the design style, the feel I get from him, even though I don't know yep. how he lives, but the glimpses yep. into Zuckerman's life, the glimpses into his house on the hills there in LA, the glimpses into taste. the furniture, <laughs> the glimpses yeah. into some of the art that I saw on his wall, yeah. um, which, you know, we have. He's probably got the original. We've got the, you know, the numbered print. But there's things yeah. like that that I see and I think, okay, this guy's got, you know, 
there's similarities. You see people and you think, okay, there's similarities. You've got similar tastes, you know, it all makes yep. sense. Yep. Spike, the similarity for me is, is in, the, in the Porsches, right? But then when I see his yep. house and I see his things and whatever, to me, he's not, it's not like we have the same, I don't think we have the same taste. I can see myself having the same yep. taste, similar taste as Zuckerman, but not similar taste as Spike. Like the picture of Spike yep. with his Zagato out the front of his house in Brentwood the other day. Mm-hmm. It, it's not my thing, you know what I mean? And I know a lot of the people will look at that and go, oh, I aspire to have that. It's not my thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Where then I see Zuckerman's house and how he has it done and whatever, and I think, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yep. Zuckerman's probably got a more uh, European aesthetic where Spike is like probably. far more um, American. But that's got nothing to do with cars. I mean, cars cross over, you know what I mean? Everyone, everyone, it's what I mean. Porsche is a common bond, yeah, Steve, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a common bond. But you just see glimpses into people's lives and you think, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that as well. So yeah. um, let me just read out uh, the one review. <sighs> I need to I need to do a shout out for this because I really need you guys to, um, you guys being the listeners, uh, just to give us a review if you can um just leave us a star rating uh leave us a review if you've got a time to write like 10 words 20 words actually it's probably more than 20 words steve isn't it 25 words 25 words yeah. <laughs> 100 words you have no idea um i tend not leave... to participate in society so i don't know <laughs> there's a two there's two things you can do for us you can go to apple reviews and you can give us a review um it helps us get seen it helps us getting closer to the number one automotive porsche podcast i know there's a lot of podcasts out there that say the number one porsche podcast um i don't think anyone's the number one porsche podcast i think there's multiple people who are number one on certain weeks and despite what people think i'm actually not competitive i'm just you know and just I just like to see the I like to see the feedback and podcasts you don't get a lot of feedback. It's not like it's not like YouTube, Steve, where you have the comment system. <clears throat> At least with Apple reviews, you get to get and you know people DM me and that's great feedback. I love that. Um, but this side of it is also a way of getting feedback. Um, there's also Spotify. If you only listen to the podcast on Spotify, Spotify now has a star rating. You can give a star rating to the podcast, which will help us on Spotify as well. Cool. But this one, Steve, a virtual cars and coffee for Porsche lovers. Discovered this podcast a few months ago and steadily making my way through the whole library. We have a library, Steve. Is that is that scary or what? We have a whole library. Having a lifelong having a lifelong love affair for 911s, though not a technical expert, neither are we. I've found this show to be so friendly, fun, and also fulfilling as I listen and learn more and more. Owner stories are especially great and joy. That's from JC Divine99 uh, US via Apple Podcast. So thank you so much for that review. Much appreciated. Cool. Steve, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about what our drive or you want to talk about you want to talk about the drive? Because I know people are interested yeah, yeah. and a lot of the listeners have seen the images on Instagram. Um, they were on Marco's Instagram, which yep. I can't remember what his handle is at the moment. MPG. M Porsche G, I think it is. M Porsche G. M underscore Porsche underscore G. I'll put it in the description if you guys don't know it so you can follow Marco as well. Um, so yep. Marco posted some images. I took a few images. I didn't take that many images that day. I don't know. I think I was still half asleep. Um, I did actually, and I didn't tell Steve, I did take my GoPro with me, but I didn't set it up because I just wanted to. I hadn't been I on a drive. I was going to ask you, actually. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you if you wanted to film it. Yeah. I hadn't been on a drive like that, and I was going to film in the cabin and have one yep. pointing out. But yep. when I do that, I can't just enjoy myself. You know what I mean? I'm not just enjoying the drive. So I just wanted to just, and I hadn't driven on that road in a long time and I felt a bit rusty. Now that could be because I had two Metzgers in front of me and I couldn't really keep up, you know, because you were gone in an instant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We would take, that was fairly, I'm not sort of trying to be a smart ass, but that was quite sedate 
because it is double demerits and you know all of that sort of stuff. Um, there were there were a few there were a few other kind of cars on the way back as well, and I guess the difference gags aside between Marco's turbo 906 turbo, my 907.1 GT3, and your car is that it's probably a little bit easier for us to overtake. You, you, you like um, how so. Steve just said my car, like he doesn't even mention, it. he can't even say the word Carrera. Carrera, post Carrera, <laughs> So that morning, that morning we went up. Uh, I got up. I think I woke up at four o'clock, wasn't it? Four thirty, I think it was four thirty. I met yep. you. It's met you and Marco at six a.m. I was last to get there, of course, um, but I did get there at six, I think, or just a bit after. Uh, it took. It takes probably. I don't know. Google told me it took forty-five minutes from my place to to yeah, the, to that. What it takes me car park it does. Um, and I can never remember the way. So of course I need my navigation, but I found the way. Okay. Um, so we went down there, we went to, we met at this car park. What is that called? Audley, is it? Audley. Audley. Audley car park. And then, um, Steve was anxious, anxious to get the drive starter before all the cyclists came out and all the, all the slow cars. And on the way down. I'm always like that. You can ask Marco too. Like every time we meet, I was like, can't talk, got to drive. We have to drive because, um, the number of times we've been caught behind Lycra, me looking at some guys, some guys' ass in Lycra is not my <laughs> idea of fun. So um, I hate getting trapped behind cars and cycles, cyclists. Because set the scene on this road, Steve. It is it is mm. two lanes. It is quite narrow, right? Yeah. It is double yellow, double white lines. So you can't. You're not supposed to pass. It's There's about no eight, overtaking. Yeah, it's There's about only eighty a kilometers of where you can overtake. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. And it's actually 60, isn't it, in a lot of places? Not 60 to 80, yeah. There's 60 and then there's yep. 80. And double demerits for people in the US and Europe and UK who don't understand what that means. That just means, you know, we have 12 points on our license. Um, if you get 15, 15 kilometers over the speed limit, what is that, Steve? You lose half your points in one go, if not more? Yeah, I think so. Is that three? Like with doubled as six? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so you can lose your license very, very quickly. The points, you get double points and also you get double fines. So if the fine's $300, it's now $600. So it's a big mm. thing and the police really milk it. They really do. They're out there. Um, luckily enough, we were out pretty early. We weren't really speeding though either. So we'll be very, very no, no, careful. No, no. We, yeah, we weren't. Like it's not, we're sort of not treating it like a racetrack kind of thing. It's just more that um, because it is so tight and windy, um, it is very blind as well. So like if you were going to sort of take a risk, which I wouldn't recommend, like in terms of overtaking somebody across a double double unbroken line, you can't really see. Like so if a, if a, if a motorcyclist just so happens to be coming in the other direction at speed, um, yep. you don't have much you don't have much time to kind of uh, do your overtake, which is why it's double unbroken kind of thing. Um, and hence kind of going back to, why it is a little bit easier for Marco and I, whereas um, you don't have as much overtaking kind of power. Like, uh, and even me, like I've got to be kind of prepared in the right gear. Whereas I'm pretty sure Marco, um, being in a turbo, could pretty much just floor it and he's he's away. Whereas yeah. I've got to be sort of prepared and sort of looking ahead in the right gear. And then you'd be even more like that um, if you were going to kind of well, attempt. And I did, and I did on the way back. But on the way down, as you said, Steve, let's just set the scene for the listeners. On the way down, it was not many cars. It was, it was pleasant. Dead quiet. Um, It was quiet. It was still early though. It was only just after six. Um, 
Steve was leading, Marco was in the middle, I was at the back. I wanted to go at the back because not to get all Marco's stones on my new freshly painted bumper, of course, because I kept enough distance. But because I knew I was a bit rusty, right? Because I've driven up to the north central coast here to my family and I've, and I've, you know, I came back a little bit on the, on the old pack, but I knew I was a bit rusty because I haven't really driven like that in a long time. Yep. You know, I've been used to driving on long freeways and stuff in Bahrain and and that's about it. So, and I could feel myself. I was actually a bit rusty. I wasn't really good. I I, I kind of missed. better though, isn't it? It's better, but I missed braking points a little bit. I was, you know, it sounds very, you know, I don't know why I'm sounding so technical, but I know I, I brake too late or I brake too early. And then I was like, you know, on the way back, I thought I was getting more into the rhythm of it. And then yeah. we hit that car. Um, you yep. and Marco left me behind. You you guys passed um, yep. like in a blast. And I, I didn't pass there because I knew I couldn't, I wasn't in the right gear, like you said, and I wouldn't have yep. got passed in time. And it was a very short section to get past i passed later on but i was in to make sure i was i was in third gear and i and i just went um yep. so third, that was okay geez, i'd be in second to do that so really that's what I mean. no yeah, i was yeah, in yeah. third i was in third <laughs> right i find third has got more i don't know what it is about my you car but i'm talking third to do that because oh, when yeah. we overtook that car that was trapped behind two cyclists um that was on a incline as well yeah i find i find third i can get more i can wind it out more i don't know why i always find third is still better for me um, I like coming down that road in third too. I don't know about what you stay in. What gear do you stay in coming down the Royal National Park um, Road? I'm generally, I'm sort of being a tool. Like I know I could sort of do it more <laughs> mainly in fourth, um, but I'm always driving in a lower gear to enjoy the um, exhaust sound. <laughs> and let's like, just... I think Marco probably gets kind of frustrated when he follows me because I'm constantly tooling around like changing gears very unnecessarily where I know he's just because he's in a turbo again with tons of torque he could pretty much do it in third or fourth and not change gears and he's sort of fine accelerating out of the corner yeah whereas I tend to change down a gear kind of just more for fun like I'm trying to practice to sort of rev match and all of that type of stuff but you know it's all it's all a bit of a laugh but I know I don't need to I can, you know, I could hear you doing that. I can hear you when you're changing back your car. And, you know, Steve's been a little bit concerned about his car when you're driving in the cabin, right? You thought it was, last time you drove it, you thought it was a bit like grinding for you because you, you might have been tired or whatever. But from the outside, headache, yeah. from yep. the outside, and Steve's got the titanium tips on his car. And from the outside, though, Steve, your car yeah. sounds really good. It's got a really nice tone. It's a pleasant tone. It's loud. It's loud. But it's not loud as in, you know, turn it down already. It's It's... But it's loud. I can hear uh, it. I can hear it two cars back. So Marco's got a space between you and I've got a space between Marco and I can still hear yep. your car. That, and that's a, that's a reasonable distance. I don't know how many meters that is, but that's a reasonable distance. Well, Marco was saying when he first got his turbo and we did that run, so it was just me and him and I was, he was following me and I know he was quite new to his car. He sort of said to me, again, I was tooling around and sort of changing down a gear before a corner to kind of, you know, um, accelerate out of it yeah and he'd sort of say oh i could hear you kind of blipping the throttle so that was my cue to kind of know that you know that's where the corner was coming up and i think that's sort of part oh, of right. what's good about convoy driving too because you know before you came home and marco and i were sort of doing drives like generally i'd go first um you know going down somewhere then we'd swap and he'd lead on the way back and when you're following somebody it's so much more you can see where somebody like when to avoid a pothole or you can sort of see yes. the um, behavior of the car. So you can sort of see where it undulates. Um, 
you know, you can hear, I can tell when um, a straight's coming up because I can hear Marco's car spooling, like the turbo's kind of going. So I know he's about to kind of floor it and stuff yeah. like that. And it is actually kind of much easier when you're following. I, it's a little bit more, uh, not pressure, but, you know, I sort of feel like um, when you're leading um, a convoy, um, you're sort of more conscious of everything, whereas when you're sort of following, it's actually a bit more relaxing and you probably can kind of go a little bit kind of quicker. Yeah. Because you can see what's about to happen. It's sort of like having a navigator. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And Marco's car sounds pretty amazing too. Like it, it's good, it, isn't it? And it looks fantastic. Just so the listeners know, like Speed Yellow, if you're looking at a 911 and you come across a Speed Yellow, don't walk away from it. Just buy it because Marco's color, Marco's car is such a great color. And meeting at six when the sun wasn't so bright, so high in the sky mm. and it wasn't so bright, was it, Steve? It, it, looks, it does look yep. different. And then by the time we got to the end uh, at the lookout there, it was changed it's again. It's sort of thing, yeah. It still reminds me of a classic Porsche color, and a, and a, and it's not a yellow; it's another beigey color. I don't know this this tints of it. I just sort of reminiscent of some old air cool color when I look at it. Um, mm. But the nine nine six turbo, I mean, Marco's car is in immaculate condition. Um, you know, the side scoops, the the yellow, the carbon spoiler that he's got. You know, it, it looks it really it's does look tough. fantastic. And seeing you two guys, you know, the two. You know, for the listeners, and a lot of people have asked me this. Yeah, of course. You know, intimidated a little bit because you know you've got the GT three, the Metzger, you got the Turbo, the Metzger. You know, nine nine six, nine nine seven. I mean, my car held up okay in the images. It looked it looked good in the three shot. I thought I thought the three yeah, of them cool. together, yeah. three of them together yeah, looked good. good. Um, the side wing shot that Marco had was a great shot. I don't know whether anyone. I don't think I shared that or Marco shared it. But there's a side that side wing shot that Marco took, Steve, which is a fantastic shot where it's just like the wings. I don't have a wing, but you guys have a wing. But just seeing the rear of the cars. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting to see the three cars in a row and the, the similarities, yet the differences, you know what I mean, when you see the front. Um, yep. But the 996 Turbo is a great car. I mean, you couldn't get one now. I mean, prices are going, going to go crazy as well. But it's a, it's a fantastic car. So I told you previous putty run I got Marco to take me for a drive in it. That's the second time I've been in it, when he first picked it up and then the second time. Right. Um, just even from the passenger seat, you can pick it, like um, get him to take you for a spin. Um, I actually want to take you for a drive in my car too because I wanted honest opinion as to whether to switch the exhaust back out or not. Um, so, but, See, yeah, that car, that car, like Marco's car, um, just the difference in the torque delivery, it's so punchy. Well, there was that one spot there and I mentioned it to Marco where he put the foot mm. down and there was leaves on the ground and, you know, I could hear mm. this. I could actually hear the turbo when he put his foot down and then I could see all the leaves yep. are being thrown around and it's a yellow car and, you know, yep. and it was like a beautiful morning and you're in the country and it's like, it was yep. a pretty cool, you know, it was one of those things where you thought, fuck, I wish I had the camera on because that was a really cool shot when he did that. Yep. You know what I mean? That would have been a really yep. cool shot. But I think your, exa- your, your exhaust, I actually, at first when you sent me the videos when I was overseas and I heard it through video... It sounds mm. loud. And the video you did that it day, <laughs> the video you yeah. did that day, it sounds really loud in the cabin. Outside, yep. I think it's okay. I don't know whether hearing it in the cabin, but on video, I don't know if I could live with it myself in the cabin because it sounds a little bit loud in the cabin. Mm-hmm. But outside, it sounds really good. But I was always yep. a fan of your Acra. And this is the one that listeners, we should tell the listeners, Steve, you're thinking of putting back on, right? The Acropovic. Yep. And, yep. and that one, to me, I always liked the sound of that. There was something – I remember when you put it on and there was something about it that just sounded – and it's more subtle, right? I don't know what the difference is, but it is more subtle. It's not. It's actually – well, sorry. It's different more subtle tone, than the one – Different tone. 
It's different to the one that's on there at the moment. So at the moment, there's a center, there's a center exhaust that has like um, resonators on one path, um, plus combined with side by bypasses, valved side bypasses. So it's bloody loud. And when you open the valves, which I think they're stuck open at the moment, it's kind of akin to sort of straight through standard headers at the moment. Um, Why are they stuck open? I don't know. Can't figure it out. Um, have to have it looked at. I think I think it's stuck open. Like definitely they're stuck. So it's either stuck open or closed, but I think it's open. How do you um, adjust that though? Do you have a key or something to adjust that? The remote. The um, I've got that carnual sort of. Oh, um, the carnual. Sorry, I remember now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but by comparison, if I switch back down to the Acra, which um, has what is the equivalent to like side bypasses but no valves, plus like a center muffler, it'll be quieter. But I always found the Acra to be um, because it's titanium. It sounds tinnier to me. It sort of sounds like hollower. Um, loses a lot of the kind of deep rumbly bassy kind of bits, which are a bit more air cooled sound, which I really enjoyed. And because I had a nine, nine oh three and a nine six four, I always really liked that note. Mm. And that's what's missing from the Acra, which is You're potentially right. it's not, not as so good. deep. It's not as deep. Yep. You're right. But how do how do people make the Acras deeper? Do they put something else onto it? Don't think you can. No, I think that's material. I think that's because titanium, titanium has a sort of different tone to it. That's, from a, what I've kind that's of a really expensive exhaust, though, that Acra, right? You bought it used, right? But that's a really expensive yeah. exhaust, isn't it? Yeah, like and they're crazy more money. and more expensive. Um, yeah. They're, they're just ridiculous. Um, mine's a bit scratched and dinged up, but I don't really care what it looks like because no, it's, you same. don't see it. And the tips are good. Those oh. tips you've got on at the moment, I like those tips. Yeah, the tips you can swap like um, in and out to anything, basically. I've got like black ceramic-coated ones as well, so whatever. <laughs> have I um, have I, but, I had that. I don't know whether I've spoken about it. You know I had the thought in my head. Yeah. I don't know whether I told you. Tasha said no. I was going to change it just to, my, to the standard Carrera tips. I was going to change my car. I was going to buy a set. I quite like them. I actually quite like them. The standard? The standard ones. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was thinking of it. I looked at the price. They're not cheap. And I was thinking, should I just change it back to the standard where it's just one oval big one big hole. just buy some um buy some used ones because um they come up all the time because people obviously swap the other way yeah yeah yeah. just just pick up a pair of um, if they're cheap enough maybe i will just to yeah, see what yeah, they look cheap. like because i kind of I, I really like it because it fills the it fills that sort of void in the bumper really nicely and what's well, a bigger hole kind of it? too puny or anything like it's sort of like um back to like when you look at marco's car it's a similar sort of shape how it fills that sort of bumper um, outlet. I mean, I like the double pipes. I like the sport pipes that I've got. I mean, mine are Danks, which is basically the same as the Porsche same. ones. But it's they the cost, same, yeah. remember I bought those from Waterhouse when they couldn't get my other ones off when I changed the fist to the Fister exhaust. <clears throat> i got to speak yep. up, sorry. Um, yep. When I changed the Fister exhaust, and they cost me, I think, 900 bucks or something, 800 bucks or something, those tips, something stupid. Yep. But I like sorry, them. Sorry, but you did, you did enjoy the drive? Like um yeah I did I did albeit a little bit rusty or yeah I felt rusty I thought it was good I thought my car didn't sound very loud I thought my car was louder than that on that road which was a bit weird but maybe it was the way I was driving because I wasn't really going as fast as I usually do yeah maybe you weren't revving it out I'm I wasn't revving you were overtaking in third so um... yeah I wasn't going as fast I don't think I was revving it None of up us were. as yeah. high um so I thought the car sounded a bit soft but then all I can hear is your car. You know, Marcus car. So it's yeah. a bit like I wasn't really sure what was going on. Um, yep. But I think my car's okay. But, you know, you know, you can't 
it, you know, it's very hard. You know, it's very hard. I always, we always say buy the 911 you can afford and, and just buy the, the 911, you know, you want sort of thing. But more the one you can afford, you know, what suits your lifestyle and what suits your budget. But it's hard not to be tempted by, you know, your car or Marco's car. You know, when you when you park next to it and you look at it, and there's nothing wrong with a base Carrera, I keep saying this, Steve, but, you know, any any person with a normal, you know, in that situation, you look at your guys' cars and you think, oh, maybe I should get something more. Maybe I should get something more. Um, you know, Do so, it. of course, as soon as I come back, you know, I'm looking on car sales and seeing how much things are and what I can afford. I can't afford I'm anything pondering at the moment. your plight, actually. I can't afford anything. But, you know, this comes back to that thing that you sent me ages ago, you know, mm. and I remembered it actually just before we came online. What's that? Sell, use, buy new. This thing about sell, use, buy new, right? Yep. And the thing like even with um, Tony from Cars and Cafe that was on Owner Stories a couple of weeks back, how he had yep. his 993 Arena Red Carrera. He made some money on it. He said he, you know, yep. didn't, didn't mod it, didn't change it, made some money on it. Prices went yep. up. You know, we hear about all these stories about people making money. But I keep thinking, is that a sensible thing to do? You know what I mean? Is it a sensible thing to do where say I can get, say I, I do, I'd be one of these crazy people and I list my 997 for 135000 Yep. Right? I go for the top dollar and see if yep. anyone takes it. I get that yep. 135000 Say I buy yep. a 991.2 Carrera S, right? That's where it won't make sense. Yeah, you that's, have to that's, buy new. This is what you I mean. You have to buy a new car. Yeah. Yeah. So if you buy a 991.2 Carrera S with a not that, yep. not that old, Yep. That's about 215. But you're going to lose a lot of money in depreciation on that car still, right? But if you buy new, no. but then you yep. buy new, you can't buy new. You can't get a new 992. And if you're going to buy a 992, what do you buy? And Steve knows I've been lusting over this 992 that's been for sale in yep. in Australia, the oak green metallic painter sample. It's got the yep. Sportex, the cross weave seats, whatever those seats are called, sports seats. Yep. Um, yep. It's got carbon fiber inlays, etc. Um, the only thing that's not right on that car are the red brakes with the green look odd to me. But that's a great right. example. But that's 340000 you know what I mean? So you still, you still have to add in another 200000 Australian dollars. And you're still going to lose to depreciation on that car because it's just a Carrera S. Now, if it was a GTS, maybe you won't lose as much to depreciation. If it's a GT3, you're going to make your money back. Depends on how long you keep it for. But it's still this dilemma, maybe. Steve. Yep. It's still this dilemma yep. where, you know, yeah, your, your 997 Carrera is peaking or your 996 Carrera is peaking and you can get good money. But the, the depreciation is gone. You buy into these other cars, you're still going to lose money. So what do you should do? Just explain, so should just explain the premise of this. Um, I think I put a note in our Apple Note things um, that we share just about talking points, which is I... I still hate talking about values, but I think I sent a thing um, to Michael saying the one time this whole kind of value, this crazy COVID explosion of, you know, values in like not just Porsches, but um, all cars, it sort of occurred to me that I uh, used Larry from Ammo NYC. Yeah, He bought his um, McCann, he's had a McCann GTS for a while and he's traded it for a brand new Taycan from a dealer. And he obviously made money on his McCann and then he bought into what is like a list price for like a brand new Taycan, which means they can't hike the price up. And that to me is sort of where it makes sense to, oh, okay. if, if you're in it for values, like sell, like, so for you, like if you kind of sell and you make money on your, your, you know, immaculate 997, that's cool. Like you make quite a good bit of money, but if you go and buy another used car, like a 99. 
1.1 or 2 or whatever it is, you're still you're going to pay the hiked up price on your new car as well. So it doesn't make sense. It only makes sense if you kind of sell your kind of immaculate used car and then go and order or buy something from a dealership which doesn't have like a kind of crazy markup on it. And that's when it actually does make sense to me. Right, right. So you have to find that's one. That's what I meant by that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. you got so to you gotta walk into a, a Porsche one. dealership and go and see what they've kind of got on the floor. Um, or, you know, like they can promise you like is a month or two away. And then that's where you'll make really good money on your old car. You won't get stung on the new one and it actually does start to make sense. Okay, I understand. So you get a new Carrera S for say 350 yeah, with yeah, a few yeah. options. Take off your yeah. 130, 220. Yeah. Okay. And I know then, what you're sort of saying about like how you don't you want can get allocation to depreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, it's just that's sort of where like this kind of crazy world of stupid prices on everything, like not just cars, oh. watches, I'm assuming it's handbags, houses, anything. <laughs> um, it's just mental. Like, so if you're buying in the same market, it doesn't make sense. But if you can somehow okay. avoid paying the premium on the new thing that you upgrade to, maybe it makes sense. So you buy new. Okay, I understand, yeah. I understand. So if you could get an allocation on a Carrera S or a Carrera GTS, you buy that. And then the yeah. shortage of, but you'd have to, but then again, you still got the shortage of supply thing where people are getting free cars because they're buying new Porsches, they're driving them for a year and they're yeah. selling them at almost the same price. You know, this yeah. craziness that's happening. Did you listen yeah. to that? I know we spoke about it the other day. Did you listen to the Smoking Tire oh. podcast with um, Doug DeMarie? No, I haven't listened to that one yet. It's very long. Oh. I, I skimmed right. through a bit of it, but it's interesting that yeah. both their cars, that Ford, what is it, GT, the GT yeah. Yeah. and his uh, Kuntash Farris, yep. what are they, doubled in price or something since they bought them? Like that's yep. just, some people just have all the, some people just have so much luck, honestly. Because oh, Kuntashes yeah. weren't very loved for a while there, were they? People didn't really want a Kuntash. They were like big, they were troublesome. They're not even that big really now when you see them. Yeah, I like. Like obviously both of them, you know, like they're both not they're they're sort of professional car people now. Like they make their yeah. living out of all of that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. Like I'm sure if you kind of ask Matt Farrow now, like, oh, did you know that that was going to happen? He'll probably maybe say yes, um, but maybe you didn't really know. You know, like swing it back to like me as an example, like mm. an enthusiast, but definitely no expert. Um, my car's appreciated quite a bit, um, but. Did I know that it was going to do that? Hell no. Like no, I had you didn't. No idea. Yeah. I, I knew that it wasn't going to drop value um, necessarily. Like I knew that I would kind of plow money into it for fun and maintenance sort of thing, just like I did with my 993 and my 964. So I knew that I wouldn't like, you know, whatever equity I had in the thing wasn't going to kind of halve like it would in a sort of normal kind of everyday car. Yeah. But I never expected it to kind of, you know, rise in the way that it has. Um yeah, and, and that was a shitload of money when you bought that car. It was a lot. Yeah, I remember yeah, thinking, I can't believe Steve spent that much money on a car. Like, it was yeah. a lot of money. And now we look at it and go, oh, you know, <laughs> it's not that I long just, ago. I, it's not that long ago. I, I, like, I won't keep banging on about it, but I still think it comes with its downsides. Like, you know, with all these cars supposedly doubling in value or whatever, and it, if it makes you think twice about, um, you know, how you use it and all that sort of stuff, I don't necessarily think that that's a good thing because the values that we you know, where you all sort of talk about, it's theoretical. It's not until you sell it. Um, so the fact that you've raised your insurance premiums because you, yes. you're conscious of the value going up, the fact yes. that you might not drive it as hard or as much, you might not track what was meant to be a track-oriented car like a GT car. 
that they're not good things like that. Um, and if in the grand scheme of things, you only recoup the value on it, like I was trying to get at before until you sell it. And if you're mm. buying in the same market and the next thing that you buy is been hiked up as well, then you're not ahead. Like yep. this whole value kind of thing that we're all sort of talking about is actually not good really when you think about it. Yeah, true, true. Um, let's get on to that that video of uh, Chris Harris's. Before we get there, Steve, yeah, I just sure. want to I just want to do a quick shout out. Two new members of Porsche Cooled um, on Patreon. Uh, Porsche Cooled, um, where you go to what am I talking about? You go to Patreon. You can support Porsche Cooled from two to ten dollars a month. Um, there's two new members. Alan from Canada. Um, thank you, Alan. Um, I know you sent me a long message. I haven't responded to it properly yet. Um, Alan's got a. Alan's from Canada. Um, He's had a few cars. He's had quite a good collection. Uh, he's a real enthusiast. So thank you so much, Alan, for, for joining Porsche Cooled. And then John. Uh, John's also a new member. Um, John has a, a 73.5 uh, 911, which is the oh. year, I think. It's pretty much the year. Yeah. So he's a lifelong affair with Porsche, and he's got a 73.5 911. He's working the way through the library. I think John was the person who left the um, review so thank you john and thank you alan for joining uh porsche cool cool oh that's right alan sorry just go back to alan alan's on the allocation list for a new 992 carrera 2 in toronto um he said it was pretty hard to getting on the list um so but he's on the list for it for a new 992 carrera 2 uh he comes from and he he used to have a 996.2 silver over black targa which he sold which he misses and now he's on the allocation for a 992 but he said it was quite difficult of getting on the list so if you walk into a dealership and you manage to get an allocation, <laughs> yeah. like um, what? Ha- so like traditionally, does it take like about three to six months? But now it takes like a year or a year and a half. Is, I think so. Is, I think so. I think someone else said or? it was like over a year. I don't know. Um, anyone yeah. that's listened to the to the podcast I was on with Mark from Mark and Cars um, yeah. would have heard that Mark said in Perth the guy said it was you know you can get an allocation um, for GT three. Yeah. I mean, I don't There's know. There's going to be a lot of people going to Perth to go and buy their <laughs> cars. Yeah, I don't know. From what other people have told me, you know, from Newcastle, Porsche, what David said and people yeah. in Sydney, um, you know, that's not the case. So if that's the case in Perth, well, then well, people in, in Western not, Australia yeah. are very, very lucky that they can get an allocation for a GT3 that easily. I, I, I don't know. Like, I have absolutely no idea. But I would have thought there's a lot of money in Perth um, because yeah. it's sort of like a mining yeah. A mining city. So I would have thought that there'd be quite a big clientele, uh, an opportunity to sell GT3s and like the higher end cars there, isn't it? Yeah. There's always good, you know, the two places where good used Porsches come up from, 911s, uh-huh. is Brighton, as we know, capital of Porsche, <laughs> Brighton and Victoria. They always spec really well. And also Perth. Adelaide. And, no, and Perth. Adelaide too. And Perth as well, though, Steve. Perth from that dealer. Is it yeah. is it the dealer where my car had services done, Chellingworth, or is it the other one? Yeah. From Perth, the you know what I mean? In Perth. Yeah. yeah, from Perth. And the people from Perth, Adelaide, and Brighton in Victoria <laughs> seem to really go all out with the options and the spec of their cars. You know what I mean? They don't hold back. I reckon Adelaide's the place. The, like Adelaide's p- proportionally to the population. Like what's going on there? They're yeah, yeah. Just car crazy and they've got really good cars and, you know, like they're all well kept and all that sort of stuff. So let's get on to the Touring, Steve, another GT3. Let's get on to mm-hmm. the Touring because, you know, we. I still really love the Touring. I look at them after speaking to David in, in New South Wales and his Touring, his black one. 
Yeah, I'm, I really like listening to um, his point of view, his um, experiences with his car and all that sort of stuff. It's quite interesting. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a couple on car sales at the moment, and they're in the they're, they're expensive. Um, yeah. But after but after spe- after watching Chris Harris, and if people who are listening haven't, the guys are listening who haven't seen this yet, go to YouTube, search Chris Harris. Um, is that under Chris Harris, the channel? I can't remember. What's it under? No, it's a collecting cars one. Collecting He's doing cars. Collecting cars videos all of a sudden. Yeah, like, so it's um, as in proper videos. Proper videos. So it's his his video about his nine eleven touring. The second one he's had, the first one he had someone T bone him at an a junction accident. in the UK, r- rode the yep. car off. So now he's got a new one. Fifty thousand miles. Um, I didn't realise that his car was speed yellow and then he had it wrapped in another yellow. I thought it was a different colour altogether. I didn't realise it was yeah, yellow, yeah, then he wrapped it in a different yellow. Well, he had that spray wrap thing, you know, Litchfield did it for him. Which is chipping off, though, when he showed you. But yeah, quick summary, because I know there's probably a lot of people that haven't watched it, Steve, and I don't know what you think about it. He it's said cool. a couple of things which I didn't know. I didn't know it was a better engine yep. than the R. In his opinion, after driving the R a lot, he thinks it's a better yep. engine. Go to Corn Brown Houses on Instagram. Um, that The guy in Thailand who I follow, who's a really... He's got lots of cool cars, lots of cool photos. He's actually just got a 911R, the white one with the green stripe. He sent me some image uh-huh. of it, like, images of it last night. It's a great car. Right. I still like how it looks. But he says the engine's better than the R, Steve. He said that he's got nothing yep. to complain about with the Touring. And I'm sure David's listening to this thinking, yes, that's true. Um, he yep. even has the new one on order. That's the dilemma, which I want to talk about. He's got the new one on order, 992 Touring. He doesn't know whether to keep the old one. Um, and he's got the same tyres as yours. He's using the Michelin 4Ss as well, obviously due to the shitty weather in the UK. But um, yeah. what did you think of the video? In lower temperatures. It's really good. Um, you know, like, um, I mean, I, I obviously lap up any sort of GT3 kind of content um, online. But, and I've always been a massive Chris Harris kind of fan. But I just kind of like the fact that he bought it. He, he kind of absolutely beats the hell out of it um, in terms of, you know, like... He doesn't, he's kind of Ajmal style. <laughs> like, you know, his dog rides in it and there's just kind of crap everywhere and the the door, uh, the doorknob, the gear knob is kind of hanging off it and all of that sort of stuff. So he he doesn't, uh, he's not like crazy precious with his car and he obviously just enjoys the absolute hell out of it. And I think that was part of it too, is sort of saying that it's really kind of very reliable and durable. His only complaint was the, um, the, the, silver insert on his gear knob kind of came which off. is quite bizarre that that's that he said it always comes off right he's had it replaced and it keeps coming off doesn't it yeah or something like that or something like i that. mean he drives yeah. the hell out of it like steve said he doesn't he does actually get it washed not like ajmal at flak up driver he does actually get a detailer <laughs> detailer guy that hi ajmal he gets a detailer guy every like month to detail it because of his dog and i've seen something yeah and i've seen yeah. images when he's got his dog in there i think there's one video where he shows the dog in it or he was talking to someone yep. else on a podcast and his dog jumps in the car. But, yep. you know, yep. it just makes you realize that, you know, 911s are pretty durable. You know, they're pretty bulletproof that, you know, you've got to get them serviced. Sure, he gets his serviced. I mean, you see the wheels he had on it. He wouldn't quote the price, but those Manti Racing wheels that oh, he yeah. changed them out, which look pretty cool, huh? The Is that a Porsche? BBS. BBS wheels. That'd be a fortune. Yeah, they're cool. They're way cool. Um, but see, and uh, like he daily, that's his daily. So that's where I kind of go um, counter to what you were sort of saying, what was it, last week or whatever, where like 911s can be daily, GT3s can be daily. You can use it. It's just uh, part of it is mindset, you know, like and 
I know he's sort of wealthy and he's got like four trillion cars and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. he can afford to kind of beat the crap out of his out of his touring and not really probably worry too much. Well, well you got I, a new I kind one of on wondered, order. like Well, <laughs> also like say say the, uh theoretically he was gonna sell this when he gets his new one. I wonder if it would fetch a higher value because it's been owned by Chris Harris, even though he's not necessarily kind of looked after it in the way that, you know, you or I would kind of thing. Possibly, possibly. He's, you know, he's, he's undecided, isn't he? He doesn't know what to do with it. What do you say? His kids like it, but he doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, uh, I couldn't tell. He, when, when I've heard him talk about it in the past, he's always sort of said it's a car for life kind of thing and he loves the hell out of it. Um, so, I don't know. I guess he could guessing he could afford to kind of keep both of them, but then, like, you can't have two dailies, so... It will be interesting, though, Steve, how he compares the two. Because, you know, the reviews coming out, that review you said that came out from Harry's Garage about the 992 Mm. GT3, he didn't like it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't like it. It's not that he didn't like it, but um, he said that it was... Yeah, definitely not as usable. So he had... That was was it a touring? It wasn't a touring, was it? No, you said it was a wing one, wasn't it? I can't I remember because it was a little while ago. There's a he he had it for a day and he said that um, the handling is obviously kind of much tauter because it's so much more like this new GT3 is much more like an RS because of the double the double wishbones up front. And he interestingly said it was louder as well, which I right. wouldn't have thought um, right. because it's kind of got the OPF things in it um, right. in the exhaust system yeah um so he just sort of said like it was a shame because he thought it was just too hardcore that you know a gt3 should be sort of like possible to kind of be a daily that you could occasionally take to the track but he's just sort of found it to be um too focused and too track oriented um and that's really what an rs should be um and he's not the but, only one that said that right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think there was an Evo article that said the same yeah. thing. And I thought the other interesting thing about what Harry kind of said was when he had this 992 GT3, um, they gave him a 997.2 GT3 to kind of compare it with. Right. And he said that the noise and the suspension in the new car was worse than the, oh, really? you know, um, yeah, two previous generations ago. It's this- like, oh, wow, that's really surprising. Is Porsche doing this on purpose? You know, I, I don't oh, know. Course. I kind of like think nothing, they're marketing. Nothing are they, by accident. Yeah. Are, are they trying to make, they don't want every man and his dog to buy the GT3, right? That one, they can't make enough of them, right? Hmm. It's a bit like Rolex. You know, you can't keep the quality at the right quality if you're pumping out, you know, more than you can, you know, produce in the, in the right way that you want to produce it, right? That Rolex letter that was reduced, that well, was released a while back. Is this what Porsche is, that, is doing, though, Steve? Right? Maybe you can. No, but are they doing this because they you don't can, want... but it's just less exclusive. Yeah, they want it to be exclusive. They want it to be exclusive, yeah, yeah. and they don't want to make that many more of them. They can't meet deliveries. You get a bad name in the marketplace because of these allocations and everything. Are they trying to make it so they're trying to turn... I, I wouldn't say a car manufacturer wants to turn you off a model, a variant. But are they doing that because they know there's other ones coming in there which will slip in there, which people will find more enjoyable? Like these other cars that are coming out, which aren't GT cars, but have that sort of that still that DNA. Yeah. It's a like from a marketing perspective, they built it's the perfect way to build a brand, which is, you know, 
you've kind of got all of the this amazing reputation, like everybody's kind of raving about it. Like you don't hear a bad thing about it. So everybody kind of wants one. Yep. You know, like it's it's obviously the best place that you can kind of be from in terms of building a brand and I'm assuming, you know, shareholder prices and all of that sort of stuff. So yep. your reputation is basically on an absolute kind of high. Um, the best way that I've heard it said was Ferrari were the masters of it, which is build one la one less car than um, is demanded sort of thing. Yep. So you always want it to be slightly on the kind of scare side, which kind of keeps keeps yep. the whole mythology of the brand going, keeps the values up for anybody that's kind of bought into it, and it just keeps the whole sort of vicious cycle kind of going. Yeah. I always sort of thought Porsches were kind of like that anyway, but like it's just gotten kind of worse. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, you know, like I, when you hear AP talk about it, he kind of keeps saying like they'd love to kind of build as many as I don't think um, so. kind of people want. Um, I don't you, think t- so. you tend to be a little bit sceptical about yeah. that because, you know, like you feel like it is deliberate that it is, you know, just that, you know, like yeah. you want it to be, you want there to be less than people kind of want to kind of just keep the hype going. But we keep coming back to the GT3 RS when it comes out, you know, the GT3 RS, the 992. If this is if people are saying this is too hardcore and harsh, then what is who's going to buy the GT3 RS? I'm but sure everybody gonna, will love it. Everyone yeah, will love it still. Just what happens. And, but, but I don't know. Like I guess we are kind of getting on in terms of age, sort of thing. Like um, I wasn't around, I wasn't the right age when um, a nine six four RS, you know, was new to market. But yeah. when you read about it, um, didn't that get slated by all the kind of car critics for Not being sure. way too harsh and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. And now everybody loves it um you know like i don't think my car for example was slated for being too kind of harsh i remember a 996 rs was sort of yes. said to be too hard for the yes. street yeah it was but it now was. you look at it in the with the benefit of hindsight and people aren't necessarily kind of going oh you no. can't you can't drive in that it's too hard for the road everybody loves it yeah yeah true true so i don't know all right GT3 Turbos and Carreras, that's what we've been talking about today. But let's just finish on um, Lee Keen's GT3, Steve, because I quite like the colour. Um, <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? <laughs> well, people that don't know, Lee Keen is um, Keen Safari. Um, what He's is a race car driver. By He's a race car um, driver. <clears throat> he does the Safari 911s. Matt Farah had one. He's done his GT3. He got allocation, though. He did, he did his GT3 hmm. in gold, bronze, metallic. Z52. It's good. I like it. It's a really nice <laughs> color. But see how his yeah. friend is um, Bryson the Painter. That's another really good Instagram to follow if you're not following that Bryson the Painter guy. He apparently is the guy, uh, I think Josh told me or someone told me from a few previous owner stories, he's the guy that apparently is Lee Keen's painter for the safaris. He's the guy oh, that does okay. all the painting. And he's got a really cool Instagram. Is that something to do with um, Road Scholars? Are they connected mm, to? Um, I'm not sure. It's Bryson, right. the Bryson the painter, B R Y S O N, Bryson the painter. Um, that's who yeah. he got to spray a sample of it. So he got a sample of it before he even like committed to it with Porsche. Um, right. But it's a great color. But it's interesting to see his choices. Did you see it in his post? He said it came yep. out even better than he imagined. Right. Um, yep. The other colors on his shortlist were Irish green. We all love Irish green, right? Yep. But a little bit not common, but tip, everyone's sort of thinking Irish green. Viola yeah. metallic, which I actually don't mind that color. Viola metallic, yeah, that not a fan. Color. Yep. And then oak green metallic, right? Yep. Which we know we like. 
But then the other one, he said, I mean, he committed to the to the gold bronze metallic, but the other one was ice cream metallic. I really do like oh, ice, ice cream, cream. metallic. Okay. I think that yeah, that, cool. and I never thought about it, Steve, but I think the Touring or the GT3 would look pretty hot in ice cream metallic as well. Yeah, I'm trying to picture it. Is there a picture of the seats that um, that Justin guy did online? Justin Plusic. Yeah, Justin Plusic, um, yeah. who has Instagram as well, but who does all the fantastic seats. Is there a picture yeah, of the yeah. inside? Yeah, there is. He's put. Um, he's put sort of like. Oh, I'm going to quote that. Give it the wrong name. Is it? Yep. It's got like a tartan thing, but it's sort of like in brownie, goldy tone, so it matches the exterior of his car nicely and. Um, Justin Plusic did um, supplied the um, inserts for um, Chris Harris's oh, right. um, car as well. Yeah, he does great um, stuff. He does. He great does stuff. some really nice stuff. Yeah, like really. his um, Austria, right? Hamburg. Hamburg, close. He's a um, shout out. I bought a key ring from him. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that, but let's just talk about this color. I'm looking at the pictures on the Instagram, and I reckon if you're going to spec a GT3, that's that's a really great color, Steve. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, you cool. look at the color. It's just in it's that different. twilight. It's different. It looks good. The red brake calipers, I'm not 100% sure about. I think if they were black, they'd look better. The red and the gold to me is, I don't like the red brake calipers. I would have expected them in black. But apart from assuming, that, it's very, very cool. Assuming that's because um, like standard, you know, um, yellows, big yellows don't necessarily kind of go. Are they steel brakes or are they carbons? No, they're steel. They're steel. They're steels. steels, yeah. Interesting, interesting I find choice. that interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a really good, beautiful GT3. Makes you want one. I, I sent it to you. There's a really good podcast, um, RPM Technic. I know I'm yes. sort of calling out other people's podcasts, but I thought it was really good. Um, where, where they kind of discuss. What do they call? They call um, that us. They call that us. No, I'm calling out them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no one calls that us. I saw there was a post the other day that someone was posted posted something and said all the best podcasts and we weren't mentioned. But you know, right? That's not surprising. We're the underdogs. Um, we're the underdogs. <laughs> this RPM Technic thing—it's got Tim Harvey, the old um, British touring car racer, um, right? And he talks about um, ceramics versus steels. Um, he's he's tootling around in a nine 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 one point two RS, right? Nice. And his opinion of it, which I've heard many times before, and I. Th- wouldn't be surprised is that um, you literally can't feel the difference if you're just driving on the street between right. steels and um, ceramics. Like it's only until you get to the track that you can actually notice a difference. I like how the ceramics look though. And I, I, So <laughs> the one other thing, just talking about aesthetics, because, yes. well, that's what he said. Like they kind of said a lot of people order ceramics these days because they like the look of the yellow calipers. Um, but, you know, like um, because um, we're getting old again, um, big reds, like Porsche invented big reds, right? Like yep. red painted calipers. Yep. Um, to Everyone loved the them. fact that you had big brakes. Yep. Then they kind of upped the ante and they sort of went, okay, so like now here are big yellows and they're ceramic. Yep. But now when you order a car, you can paint the calipers whatever color you want. And somebody like TGE kind of says, I don't like red calipers and I don't like yellow ones. I want black ones. Yep. So you sort of, I, I think because I kind of grew up with this whole sort of Porsche system. I still really like like red um, calipers and I really uh, like yellow calipers. I don't have a problem with the red. I just think the red and the gold to me look a bit like on his car. I think the gold and the red clash. Mm. It's like yeah. um, Lava Orange GT3 RS with Lava Orange GTS that I saw had red calipers for sale in Brisbane. Yep. It kind of clashes, yep. right? 
people like TG and people like that when they mention the calipers. Um, yeah. It's like your, ca- your car is loud, but you don't want to have the calipers loud. It's like, but your car's still in your face. You know what I mean? It's still a Porsche. It's still a Turbo S. It's still, you know, mm. tying it down because you, for that reason, I don't know. You know what I mean? You know what I'm getting think, at? You I know. just think, mm. Yeah, I do, I do. I'm, I'm I think it's more about basically. what color matches, you know. If it's a black car, I think the red calipers are fine. If it's a silver car, I think the red calipers are fine. It's just certain colors the red caliper just doesn't work. Yeah. And I think that's why Porsche introduced the black, to get different yeah, colors. Yeah, but all, all I'm silver. saying is that wind the clock back like maybe five, ten years ago, you basically couldn't, unless you went and did it yourself, you can't personalize the color of your calipers. Yep. And <clears throat> it was actually kind of pose value in terms of like, oh, look, I've got big reds or Good I've point. got big yellows. But now that's sort of falling away a little bit. Well, Carrera S, if you had the red brakes, the red brakes were better, right? Yep. Than the Carrera, which yep. might have got black. So it's more special. Yep. yep. You're right. You're right. Yep. Um, hey, so, um, hmm. we didn't talk about, what else? Did you want to finish on that? No, 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 no. Um, the knob. We didn't talk about the knob. Do you want to talk about the knob and my stupidity, or we just leave? Yeah, that? I love talking about your knob. Yeah, let's talk about your knob. So when I met with uh, Marco and Steve the other day for the drive, I got a few presents. The only Christmas presents I got actually, I got a fire extinguisher from Steve, which I still I got a present. I still don't. I got a triple zero cap, which is very kind of you, and decals. Oh, I keep meaning to ask you. Um, Did you wear it? You Did you put it on? It's a good fit, right? I haven't put it on yet. It's, it's a good sitting fit. right here. When you put the decals on, are you saying that um, the white and the black ones, even on a tinted window, you can't see it? Is that what I don't know about the triple zero ones because I don't know. Are they inside the glass stickers or outside the glass? I can't I, remember. I've I got haven't. I've got two as well. So I bought I bought right. two. I bought some for you and I bought some for me. Thank you. Very kind of you. No, I I put <clears throat> if you if you follow Type Seven, if you go to Porsche, it's on the Porsche website. And you yeah, punch you in Type sticker. Seven, they'll give you a free sticker. And in London, I did that, and they sent me a free sticker. And I thought, is it oh, black cool. or white? It's black, I think. I don't know what it is. I can't black. I think. And I was stupid enough thinking, okay, it's got to go on the inside of the glass. And I did this when I yep. first got back. I really yep. did. It. And then I was like, what, what's wrong with me? You know, you can't see it because black. But you couldn't have stuck it on the outside of the glass. <clears throat> and tinted windows, that's a problem. You can't have inside window stickers on tinted cars because you really it's really hard to see it. Even my Porsche sticker but on my back windscreen, you can't even see it, the original Porsche sticker. Is it that or is it because then you've also got like a black interior? So like it's just black on black on black? Possibly, possibly. But I think it's the windows. I don't know what, like I said, the triple zero ones, I'm not sure if they're outside or inside glass. Mm. Because some of the ones I bought from um, the sticker place in the UK, I say Ding Dong, um, I think they're outside the glass. I haven't put any of my stickers on. I've got quite a lot of stickers that I bought. I haven't put anything on yet. Are they outside or to? inside? Possibly. I think it's inside glass, right? Oh, I'm just trying to peel it. I, could, I was thinking the triple zero putting it on my front windscreen, at the bottom of my front windscreen or underneath the Water House service sticker. Um, Triple zero ones aren't yeah. free. You have to purchase them if people are listening. The, the Type 7 mm. one, you can get a free one. Duh. These are symmetrical, so you can go either way. Oh, really? <laughs> well, obviously, because it's it's a symmetrical design, oh, okay. so you can stick it on the inside or the outside. Okay. Well, that'll work then. Maybe I'll put that one on yeah. my car. Maybe I'll put the triple zero on. I like the triple zero. Nick Gum in the UK has it on his, and it looks uh, it looks very cool. What's the meaning of triple zero? Does it have one? I think they just wanted it to be exclusive. I don't know. He did actually. He did actually bring it up on a podcast. The guy that, one of the owners of Triple Zero Magazine, um, yep. still haven't got the subscription for it. I mean, it's very expensive. I, I don't know. I always yeah, hesitate. Yeah. I'm at it. So. so, 
Anyway, I got some presents. But so you got your hat. I got I got the fire extinguisher Steve gave me. Um, I got my knob that Marco had spent all the time with Chris at Lathworks ordering. Um, it came in, so I've got that. Um, I also got mm-hmm. the number plate thing. You guys remember from the ages ago, Steve. Uh, to, <laughs> to lower our, his conversation to lower about. our back <laughs> to lower our back number plate. The number plate sits a bit high with the premium plate that we have. The Perspex plates. Steve did his front and back. I'm just going to do my back. Um, Steve pointed out to Marcos that Marcos was a bit high as well, so <laughs> Marco might have Marco. to get one as well. You can't unsee that now, can you? <laughs> Marcos going to have to get one as well. Um, they're not that expensive. So I haven't put mine on yet. Um, you need a drill to drill the holes. I don't have a drill. Um, I can help you. I'll give it to So that has to be done. Um, the knob, yep. I went down there yesterday or the day before. Steve, yep. Steve probably can tell the story better. But I went down there. No, you tell. There's, there's the knob, and it's got two grub screws, right? The, the, the notorious grub screws. And okay, so the problem with the shifter in the 997 is you have to lift the back of the gator off, and you pull the back up. Steve showed me how to do that. That comes off easy enough. You always feel like you're going to break things in a Porsche when you pull them up because the noise it makes. But it didn't break. Noise, yep. You pull it up, and then the clip underneath is really troublesome because it's a it's a twist and grip thing. It has like a plastic ring, and then it has a twist and grip thing. So it, it's quite tricky to get on and off. When it came off, I thought, how in the hell am I going to get this back on because the thing dropped down. My knob, even though when people you look say... At it, it's easy. Yeah, when people say... So just, just to explain, that's there's uh, two sort of ring, two plastic kind of rings that sort of interlock to hold the um, top of the leather gaiter or Alcantara gaiter to um, where it meets the gear knob. So it all sort of sits nicely on an original one. That's what Michael was just talking about. It looks a bit tricky to put it back, but it, it, it took me a while. You can figure I, it out. Then It'll I worked it out. A little while. Yeah, I worked yeah. it out. But, you know, people always say be careful when you pull the knob off, your original knob off the car because you could hit yourself in the face, smash your windscreen. No, because it came off like with like it was just easy. It just came off. Yeah. Like because it, it already yeah. I had my short shifter put in not long ago, so I guess it was ah, already okay. greased yeah. up. So that came yeah. off easy. Then I put the other one on, and I'm thinking, what in the hell? It's too tall. Because in Steve's, it sits just where the climate control buttons are. Mine is sitting it's in the mid- the it's sitting yeah. Mine is sitting in the middle of the of the um, navigation screen, PCM screen. Yeah. Um, and this is a long. Long, long story because it was about the height of this rod. Steve got his shorter. You know, this is from WC Lathworks. Steve got his shorter. Then they shortened the rod. Marco got got the new the new length. Steve, if I'm correct, but then yes. Marco also got his silver one, and his silver one is much shorter. So I was getting all very confused, thinking maybe Marco's um, one, the silver one, is the right height. This is wrong. What mm-hmm. I didn't know is that you screw the knob off, <laughs> and after a few conversations with Steve on WhatsApp. You screw the knob off and there's another two grub screws. Steve didn't tell me well, there was four grub screws. He told me there was you're two. You're swearing at me. So then I look in. It's three centimetres too tall. I think it's three centimetres, four centimetres too tall. Then I, then I look in the rod. <laughs> then I look in the rod and I can see these two screws. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get those screws out? And it's like, oh, my like, God, I've got to screw the knob off. So I kept saying to you, I told like, you, you, I shouldn't un- do DIY. Are you unscrewing the top ones? Are you unscrewing the top ones? Are you unscrewing the top ones? <laughs> Have you unscrewed the top yeah, ones? <laughs> I tell you, DIY things, I really don't enjoy them. I really don't. I don't know why I just don't. Even things around I the never house. used to. Like I said, I'm just as, like, crap. I'm very unhandy um, as you, so I, I completely understand the feeling. But with the advent of YouTube and just, like, just having a go at doing a little bit more sort of tinkering here and there, I just sort of, 
I can understand the satisfaction. Like, man, I wish I had skills, like, you know, to be able to, I've said it before, like to swap out the exhaust yeah. or something like that. That would be awesome. Um, I guess you just learn by kind of having a little go and, um, you know, collecting a few tools here and there and just taking your time and trying not to get frustrated with it and following YouTube things to the T. Yeah, and I think the golden rule is with Porsche, little things, like little things that you think are very simple, oh, it just comes off, it's just very easy, are normally not that easy. I'm sure they're easy when you're making a 997 or making whatever generation of Porsche and you do a 1,000 of them, but when you first do it, it looks like it's easy, right? And you watch the video and go, oh, that's easy, until you get down there and you try to do it, and most of the times it's not as simple as Mm. what it appears to be like the side sills anyway so i messed up on that i haven't reinstalled it um marco sent me a message marco sent me that message to say how i went with it i'm sure you already filled him in how i messed up on it no i didn't i didn't Um, you've just confessed you have your soul to the world yeah so i just got to take off those other two grub screws i've got to put it on um the gate is a bit of a pain steve says to use a rubber band i can't use the original clip on this knob no you can you can i can okay because i know how to put the clip on now you can, it's just that it's fiddly because um, it's at 90 degrees and all of this sort of stuff. So when you try to pull it back together again, undoubtedly you'll kind of, you'll fiddle around with it, you'll get it just right. And then you realize that when you have to tighten it up, you'll twist it 90 degrees and then the whole thing will be out again. Like you've yeah. actually got to think 90 yeah, yeah. degrees to where you want it to kind of finish. Yep, yep, I understand. And my other tip for you is, I think I sent it to you in a text, um, which is, uh, put the whole thing on, screw the knob on because the markings go a particular way. You'll, yep. I, I did because I'm telling you this because I did it. Yep. You wind up putting the whole thing on and then you realize that it's up, it's back to front or upside down. Yep. Yep. I, so I before you that. tighten it all up, do all of that. I'll tell you the one thing that I did notice, um, huh. and I did see this on um, Car Fanatic when he was doing his video that I watched, who I used to watch on yep. YouTube. Car Fanatic's yep. got a good channel. Um, does he still do? Is he still? Yeah, there? he does. Is he he st- does videos on and off. Yep. I mean, he's been okay. around for a long time. When I first started, we were talking years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did realize you take that knob off. The OEM knob on the nine nine seven looks aluminium. It's plastic. It is weighs nothing. It's like a feather. Um, yep. And the one from WC Lathworks. So if anyone's thinking about getting that, uh, I think it's wclatheworks.com, right, Steve? Yes, it is. Um, if you yeah. go there, Chris no, is the lathworks. one. Lathworks.com. Uh, Chris is the one man that does it all. The orders aren't super quick, but you'll get a really good product. Like I said, Marco ordered the silver one, which is what's that material? Bead titanium? blasted. Bead blasted. No, he, he ordered a bead blasted stainless, and it's awesome. It's really cool. If you've got a GT3 or a a turbo or even a Carrera. I mean, in Steve's car, it looked fantastic. Like I think Steve's going to have to get one because Marco hurled it in his car and it looks really fantastic. For some reason that one's shorter. But if you, (laughs) if you get the one that I've got, that Marco also got, um, that Steve got, which is the black polymer, whatever you call it, poly, whatever it's called. Copolymer. Copolymer with the engraved markings. Marco got his in yellow. I got mine in white. Just a classic one. It's a great one. Um, Don't worry about the height. The height is perfect. Um, On his new batch, correct, Steve? That's the standard height. Uh, no, I don't no? know. I think you might have to specify it. Oh, really? We, yeah, Marco, I I changed mine from what his from Chris's standard one, and then Marco had to kind. Of, I suggested to Marco that for you, you guys, that you ask Chris to kind of do it the same if you wanted it to be. Oh, I thought it was, standard I height. thought he'd adjusted the height. Yeah, but Chris changed his standard design, so then Marco had to kind of go backwards and forwards oh, with right. him to kind of try to maintain right. that height. So. Anyway, 
Yeah. It, I think it's going to be better. Chris is really good. Like you yeah. can do whatever you want. Like you can specify the shapes, the height, all that sort of stuff. Um, Chris is really, really good to work with. He's just really busy, um, yeah. but it's worth the wait. If you want something really weighty, get the, the silver one like Marco got because that's a lot heavier, right? That's probably what, twice the weight, three times the weight? It's a lot heavier. Yeah, it's substantially heavier. Like, be interesting um, to see how it feels. But even the copolymer one, the copolymer one is probably, I don't know, four times the weight of the OEM one. The OEM one weighs absolutely because, nothing. It's because the rod, the rod's actually um, yeah. stainless, and that's what. But it looks good. Is. Quality is beautiful. Uh, I posted a picture on the Instagram over there. One of them, one of the inst- many Instagrams that um, I have. Waiting for you to um, fit it and drive with it. I want to see what you think about yeah, the actual. I might do it later feel. today. I might do it later today. I've got to edit a podcast later, but I might do it later today. Hey, um, recommendation before we go. We've gone over. Let's uh, let's finish it. It's an hour 30 already. We've gone uh, very long. Quick. Yep. So Justin Plasic, who we talked about, does lots of inserts for um, um, for Porsche cars using all the kind of traditional stuff. Um, did Chris Harris's car, did Lee King's car, um, all the 991 onwards crew, um, I think, order stuff from him quite a bit. But he's done he's done some really beautiful old classic things as well. Um, he set up a little side thing, side brand called Handtrit. What's it called? Um, H-A-N-T-R-I-T-T, Handtrit. It's on H-A-N- Instagram and he's got his own words. H-A-N-T-R-I-T-T, I think. All right. Oh, I didn't know about that. How come I didn't know about yeah. that? Um, I didn't realize so that was a brand the other day. Oh, okay. The, the key ring... The key ring that I got um, sort of has like a bit of the old traditional, like I picked the Pepita thing that's in my car on the inside of the loop and then it's got like really nice stitching and leather and you can basically customise the whole thing. It's really nice. Yeah, they're very that's, nice. Wow, expensive. Uh, they're, they're not expensive. The, the thing, like again for us, living in the arse end of the world, like the shipping the shipping's to probably double is, the price, yeah. Yeah, 90, that's the... They're 95 euro, everyone, so they're not that expensive, but the shipping would kill us in Australia for sure. Yeah, that's the thing that gets you. It's very nice. Maybe I should get one. They look good the other day. I had a little chat with him, um, Justin, and he sounds like a really nice bloke. He he made a set of seats that um, I've always really loved, like inserts, which um, were sort of like a modern-day take. I think I sent it to you, a modern-day take on the Tricolor um, 964 RS seats, you know, when 959s had them as well. Yep. But he had a a mixture of sort of like a checker kind of pat, pattern, but you right. could tell that there were three different shades on the cushions. Right. My favorite seat insert ever. I got him to quote it. <laughs> Good price? No. <laughs> Expensive. Are you going to do it? Should do nope. it. You know which I one I like any. in the key fob? I like the which one do I like the black and 50th anniversary houndstooth. Is that the one you That's got? That's what I've got. Yep. That's the one you've got, right? Yep. How about that? Yeah, that's a good one. You mean this? Yeah. Show me. Yeah, that's right. I saw it the other day. I was half asleep. But it's really nice. It's really nice. Shit, another thing to buy. 95 euro. How much is the shipping? A lot, I guess. Australia. Wait till you go back to London. They're very cool. Very cool. All right, mate. Um, what else? Is that I it? I think we've... I think that's we've, it. We've babbled and... Yeah, we've gone on. We've, on it's enough. a long one today. It's 133. I think this is the longest one we've... I've, it's probably not 133 because we had a few technical difficulties in the beginning, so I probably have to cut something out. Mate, what else before we go? That's it? No, that's it. It's happy New good. Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year. 2022. Let's get that GT3 in 2022. 
Touring. Hurry up, mate. Touring. What am I going to get? I've got to get something. Ah, dilemma. Dilemma. All right. I was Thank- wondering. Yep. I was wondering what you were what you were thinking. Let's talk about it in the next one. Yeah, we'll talk about it in the next one. I don't know what to do. No money. Yeah. All right, mate. Thanks. Cool. Cheers, man. Thank you. All right, everyone. Um, Steve, coming in from Sydney, <laughs> where I am as well. What do I mean, coming in from Sydney? Coming in from over there. I'm pointing to the right somewhere. <laughs> As you can see, it's been a long one today. Anyway, my name is Michael Bath. This is the Porsche Cool Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.